Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode two of The On Purpose Man. I'm Brian King. I'm here with Steve Arvin and Frank Labuda, the, the, the third wheel to our wonderful trifecta of manhood here, is in the Canary Islands. And unfortunately, they have not prioritized state-of-the-art internet service. So he's having inconsistency in his feed. So hopefully he'll be able to jump on throughout the conversation and tell us his story and what inspired him to pursue this idea. Uh, the way uh, Frank refers to it as the new man, meaning that we're, we see this big shift in society where people are looking for purpose again. You know, they're not just chasing the almighty dollar. They want something bigger to be a part of. And with this shift, there are more men that seem to be crying out for permission to be more vulnerable to be more emotional, more compassionate. And Frank sought out Steve and I to, to see, you know, if this message resonated with us, and it absolutely did. You know, Steve and I are very heart-centered entrepreneurs, uh, as is Frank. And we thought it'd be wonderful if we all came together to use our energy in, in a synergistic way to push forth this idea of the, the new emerging man and then invite other men that want to have this type of life, this type of understanding of themselves to join us in this conversation. So these shows are going to be weekly in which we'll discuss different topics around this idea of the new man. And hopefully it's something that people find value in and will want to join the conversation. So for today's episode, Steve had this wonderful idea. We just had Memorial Day few days ago in the States. And there's a lot of different beliefs around the idea of the military, the military type man of the warrior. And unfortunately, we live in a world that likes to be at war, you know, especially the US. I mean, in our how old are we now 260 years and we have we average a war like every 20 years or so, you know, there's, there's just something about the culture and especially our so-called leaders. And in terms of Memorial Day, where we rally around gratitude for the people that sacrificed their lives in protection of our freedom or for other reasons. And Steve kind of has mixed feelings about that entire idea. And I thought that, and Steve thought that it'd be great to bring up that other point of view to get your opinions on this and see if it resonates with you at all. So Steve, please go ahead and share what your thoughts were around the idea of Memorial Day and the whole warrior mindset. Sure. So one of the things that, that actually deepened this for me is my dad who served in the Korean War in the, in the Navy obviously about 60 years ago uh, he passed away three years ago and so my family and i went out to the the tahoma national cemetery that's here in uh, the seattle area and you know obviously there are there are lots of veterans and, and their spouses and, and that are buried out there and one of the things that i I want to honor those who have served. And I think my dad actually um, 
honestly, being in the military was difficult for him. It, it wasn't a personal choice. He was drafted in and, uh, you know, he served and was honorably discharged. And honestly, he also, he never really spoke about the war. He tended to avoid those things that were really emotionally sensitive for him. And he was a very gentle, caring person who had a, a huge heart. And you could, the sense that I could get from him when he would, he would talk about the military and, and his time in there was that it was a struggle for him. It was a struggle to, to be in that setting and to, uh, you know, be at war. Uh, and personally, I've struggled with it as well. And, and it's kind of been an on again, off again um, sentiment. It, one, I have a number of friends here in, in the locally that are in the military and I honor them as individuals. They're, they're good people, they're caring people, and they, they try to do good work. And honestly, I don't know that much about their specific work within the military, but I've seen the effects of serving on people. Um, you know, we see a lot of warriors, military men and women who come back with, you know, that are scarred psychologically, uh, you know, and sometimes physically as well. And there's there are long-term costs that that involved with war. That it seems sometimes like we're our first response when anything arises is is to lash out, to go after the the fight response. And you know, at, at times there are efforts to to be more diplomatic and to work things out, uh, you know, through uh, interaction and and embargoes, bans, and so forth. But we, in the communications that I hear, and we just had a, a talk about it, uh, well, in church on, on Sunday, they spoke about Memorial Day, and, and a number of the people who have served in the military spoke. And there's always this expression that we're grateful for the military for fighting for our freedom. And that's always kind of puzzled me because personally, I don't feel like my personal freedom is threatened by a foreign country, a foreign body. Um, you know, there have been atrocities that have been committed upon the United States and I, I recognize that and I feel for that. But my question is, and the thing that I'm struggling with internally is, is war the answer? Does it really stop the in, encroachments and the, uh, you know, the difficulties and the angst and the, the ill feelings that we receive as a country with these other nations and, and bodies? Or are we creating a, a bigger problem? And you know, and also to go back to the idea of freedom, I think, you know, that it is noble for those who have fought and have, you know, given their lives for what they believe in. Um, but I also feel an angst. And one of the things that I struggled with personally was really coming to grips with expressing and experiencing my own personal freedom. 
I thought there were there was a certain way that I was supposed to be living my life, and it wasn't according to the dictates of my own heart. It was it was more about kind of societal norms and, and cultural expectations and so forth. And so one of the things that I wanted to kind of lead into as well with this idea of you know the military and so forth is you know it's one thing to to die for our for the nation's freedom, but also you know, I hope that we live for our freedom, you know, that we each day that we empower and, and strive to to live the lives that are of greatest service to those people around us immediately. And uh, I think that takes a certain type of person, you know, to, to be the compassionate person that, you know, that you spoke about initially, Brian, and, and that Frank expresses, you know, that, that that's a totally different way of being. And... I, I am interested in your thoughts, Brian, on this subject. I tend to, I tend to favor diplomacy because anytime you use violence to solve a problem, it sends just a ripple through humanity. It sends a scar, you know? And I realize there are situations, there's like the World War II, what Hitler was doing. That was something that diplomacy was not going to fix. You know, it needed to be to be met with aggression, and that's a very unfortunate scenario because we lost hundreds of thousands in that situation. You know, the the war that we have on now, going on in Afghanistan, I think it's eighteen hundred or something, which is still too many. It's lives that could have done some wonderful things in this world. But instead, they were sacrificed at the altar of aggression. So, and it's not just an American issue. It's any culture that thinks that aggression is an effective problem solver. And why is that the go-to approach for some people? Why do they need that? I mean, you look at, uh, you know, soccer matches in Europe. They don't like the ref's call, so the stand's clear, and they go on the the field and beat the snot out of them. What's that about? Right, right. I I don't get that. So in different cultures and different parts of the world, you know, a guy measures himself by the size of his gun, the size of his, his muscles, how aggressively he can play a certain sport, and I'm wondering what the heck is this about? Why is it that there's this warrior mentality that seems to trump everything else. You know, if you can beat up somebody else, if you can do more more sets of bench presses than the other guy, then you're a man. And I think mm-hmm. that the world really suffers because of this. That, you know, bomb them, go over and kick their butts, you know, and you, you hear this cry for violence. And when you look at the damage that's being caused in this world, we can't keep doing that. It's causing too much fear. It's dividing. It's tearing you know countries and and communities apart. We've got to stop doing this. There's got to be another way to approach it. Yeah, and and one of the things that kind of gives a little bit more color for me personally is that I know that I am at times. Uh, tempted to to resort to more angry outbursts that you know that my 
first response sometimes is to express anger and, and to lash out. And I intentionally have to, you know, hold back and, and to let go. You know, and, and being, um, you know, I think both, in fact, I think all three of us, Frank, Brian, and, and I all practice, you know, meditation and, and trying to be more mindful. And, and one of the things that in letting go of that first response, you know, it, it, it opens up other possibilities. You know, it opens up other ways of, of looking not only at ourselves, but also to try to look in the eyes of those who who have caused us anger, you know, caused us injustice or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think that we really miss out on that opportunity far too often, that we look only through the filter through which we're accustomed, that we don't, um, you know, try to put ourselves in, in other people's shoes. I think we sometimes talk a, a good talk about that, but actually doing it is a little more challenging. And uh, You make a wonderful point about the mindfulness, Steve, because our, our three most conditioned responses are fight, flight, or freeze. And mm -hmm. if people don't really dive into themselves to discover just how many different ways there are to experience life, then they stay in those reactive patterns. You know, you either run, you kick butt, or you stand still and hope the big grizzly bear doesn't bite you. Right, right. Or if you look at recent news, the big silverback gorilla. But there is that response of curiosity. You know, wanting to explore, to investigate, as opposed to immediately attack it or run from it. And diplomacy is all about trying to get to know the other person's point of view. Like you said, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see, what are these people wanting? Why are they so angry? You know, is there something that we can do here, a happy medium, where as much as possible, the interests of all parties involved can be satisfied? Why does it have to come down to I'm bigger and stronger and might makes right? Because that's what the world's right. become. Whoever's got the bigger missile, I mean, look at uh, what North Korea keeps pulling off. Yeah, we're impoverished. Yeah. We don't have enough electricity to keep our country lit at night. But, man, we got the best missile head on the, on the block. <laughs> they're, they're, they don't even seem to be trying to improve themselves as a, as a culture. It's all about waving their big stick and saying, see, I got a big stick and I'm an angry little kid and I'll, I'll hit you with my stick if you don't give me some attention. Right. And, you know, as we talk about this and kind of looking through other people's eyes, I, I really wish we had Frank on the, the line because, you know, he, he doesn't live in the States. And, uh, you know, he with his German background and also living in the Canary Islands, I'm sure he has a a different perspective than, than what you and I experience. And also personally, I mean, I've lived all over the country. I've lived in the, the Northwest where I live now. I've lived in California. I've lived in the Southeast, you know, and, and there are different ways of, of looking at things. There are different cultures. And when we are only accustomed to our own individual culture, you know, our own myopic perspective, you know, I think it, we it can, be a real struggle to understand where another person's coming from. Uh, I've recently read some uh, graphic memoirs um, of people who 
live in Iran and, and other places. Persepolis is, is the book that I'm thinking of. And in it, you know, I, my eyes were really open to how different that experience was. And also I, I read, um, what is the book? Uh, Maus, M-A-U-S, uh, which is about uh, another graphic memoir that, that was about uh, a family's experience in, in World War II as refugees, as, as Jewish people. And, you know, I, I think we, in order to expand our, our perspective, I think it, it behooves us to, to be curious and to open our eyes and to, to experience other cultures, and whether that be through reading or, you know, traveling or, or whatever. But, you know, if we need to not only look within through mindfulness and so forth, but also to experience other people's lives and to open up discussion and to have conversation with people from with different perspectives. I think one that makes us, our lives more full, but it also enables us to, to have more meaningful conversations with other people and to expand our awareness and to be more diplomatic. Uh, there are lots and lots of ways of, of looking at something. Yeah. Yeah, one I, thing, one thing that I hope that comes of this collaboration between you, Frank, and I, is the understanding that you can talk about more than sports and cars with another guy. You know, <laughs> you, you can talk. Right. You can talk about life and family. You can talk about your concerns and your dreams and and so on, and do it in a very platonic way. You know, there's there's a fear among many people that being sensitive is weak, you know, being sensitive is sensitive as being a woman and no, it's being human. You know, right. we're, we're born with this tremendous passion and emotional capacity. One thing that I found over time, I imagine that you've found this as well, Steve, is maybe you meet a guy that's has a tough exterior and he doesn't like anybody to see any chinks in his armor, but when you really get to know him, and he feels safe talking to you, you'll see a more vulnerable side. Start right. sharing his feelings with you. And that's something that guys don't do enough for each other. You know, and yeah. once, once more guys have that modeled for them and are able to do it, then they can, in a matter of speaking, graduate from that idea that it's all about being a tough guy. Mm -hmm. you know, that your relationships can be more full than just, okay, you know, I did more, I, I checked you when we were playing hockey or I, you know, I knocked you on your butt when we were playing pickup basketball. And those things have their place because there are people that are really into that, but there's more to life than that. And there's mm -hmm. more, there's many more dimensions to a man than just those things. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm into, have been into martial arts and into, and I, do I remember right that you're, that you're also into, mar, have been in martial arts? Or? Yeah, I studied martial arts, you know, for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's actually some real value that, that comes from that discipline and, you know, and, and, uh, but we do have opportunity to be more vulnerable and to, to see ourselves 
experience and grow and change. You know, I, looking at my own life, I spoke earlier about, you know, struggling sometimes with my temper. Um, you know, as I've aged and matured, I've, I've changed, you know, that I've let go of kind of the more macho way of being thing, of doing things and experiencing things and always having the answer and, you know, fixing the problem and, and you know, being more vulnerable and allowing myself to be more human to, and to express different things. I mean, I can still be, as a father, I can still be really firm and, you know, set controls. Um, but I can also take the time to listen to my children, to, to listen to other people and to, you know, be more than just masculine. I, I really like the idea of, of yin and yang and, and um, you know, embracing the whole person. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I absolutely Let's, have my moments when, I don't know, I can make every excuse in the book, where I'm impatient, tired, and I allow my temper to get the best of me. And sun is getting in my eye, and there's not a whole lot I can do about it. I'll try and turn a little bit here. It looks like allergies are kicking in again, too. Yeah, I think it's this time of day when, you know, the, the breeze starts coming through the house and bringing pollen in and stuff. I'm going to have to start every one of our little sessions here with uh, <laughs> some uh, nasal spray or something. Right. So, yeah, but we, we lose our temper. You know, we, we have those human moments, and we remind our children, you know, as much as we can that, hey, it was a bad time. I didn't mean to yell. Let's talk about what we can do instead next time. Let's talk about where we go from here. But we model a couple things when we do that, that emotions are normal mm-hmm. and that you take responsibility for them as yeah. opposed to you made me mad. Or, you know, that that makes dad mad when you do that kind of nonsense. Right, right. That personal responsibility piece is something that is really, really missing in this world. Yeah. Well, I think I wonder how much of that has to do with, you know, that we tend to be afraid of our emotions. You know, we we think that there is like one one emotion that's right, you know, that it's, you know, that we need to always be happy. And I'm not saying anything. I love being happy. But, um, you know, I, I think there are lessons to, to learn from a more full range of, of emotions, of, of feeling. And, you know, I, I wonder how... To go back to the idea of, you know, war and so forth, you know, if we were allowed ourselves to be more full and more vulnerable and, and more, uh, you know, open to other perspectives, if we would change the culture from being the first response, being a military response, and instead being, you know, can we open the borders? And I'm not necessarily speaking of, you know, the borders between other countries, but, but can we open our personal borders and, and the way that we view things and, and talk and interact with people. Um, you know, I, I think being more expansive and more expressive can really open up possibilities that aren't there otherwise. Yeah, but what you say about emotions, you know, emotions are teachers. You know, yeah, anytime exactly. you experience fear or sadness or anger, your first question can be, hmm, where'd this come from? What, what am I focusing on that led to this response? So you get an opportunity to see what you're doing with your own mind. You know, that's the mindfulness piece again. And once you take responsibility for your anger, for your frustration, 
then you are a lot less likely to look for a villain that you now need to punish. Right, right. And have that one-to-one war. You know, I'll get that person back or I'll show him who's boss. And then you have that collective mindset, which can then be rallied by a presumptive presidential candidate or (laughs) the the legislature who then paints this villain and gets you all reactive and behind their decision to go and send your children off to die. So this is a really big topic that, of course, we could talk on for hours and hours. Right. But I want, I want to, I want to leave it to the listening audience now to give us some feedback. Uh, you are probably watching the replay. I know I'm grateful for the few that have joined us today. But I want you to feel free to stop over in Facebook and join our group, the On Purpose Man. And make some comments, you know, ask some questions. Let's keep this conversation going because this is what it's all about. And if you wanted to to follow up with Frank, get to know him. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. You can Google his name, Frank Labuda, L-A-B-U-D-D-A, and you can find his website. And Steve, if people want to find you, where can they track you down? Well, honestly, the place that I'm most active is in my Heart Centered Entrepreneur Facebook group, and you know it's it's you and I uh, are both members of that. You know it's a, a group of, of people who are striving to to make a a difference with their lives and their work to open up different possibilities and to to make a difference and to to work from our hearts rather than just from our minds and, and you know our hands. Um, you know. I, I think again that it's really important to, to be fully expressive, and uh, you know, I, I personally I'm also an artist, and, and you know, I, I think that life can be an, ex, an art expression that we can open up different possibilities as as we explore new new avenues and new mediums and so forth. So. Absolutely, I work a lot with people and families that have ADHD or dyslexia as a component. And I use mindfulness to help them tame their scattered mind or their very busy mind. So they can be more accepting of themselves, more at peace with who they are and have more fulfilling lives. And uh, the best place to reach me is my website, which is brianraymondking.com. Until next time, this has been the On Purpose Man with myself, Brian King, Steve Garvin, and Frank Buddha. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Great talking to you, Steve. Great talking to you. Take care, guys. Thanks.